Okay, big spooky season episode. Very spooky episode ahead. All right, you ready? Okay, we're live. We're live. Episode six, I believe. Thick of spooky season right now. Rink Rat Report podcast. Late night episode, might I add in here. Uh, Had to wait for the World Series to end because we're just a couple of huge sports guys here. As always, joined by Josh. Uh, We're going to get into, we got a, not too, too many games to get into, but we, we got a pretty fully loaded episode here. Um, and I think we should just kick it off. What's on everyone's mind right now, you think? Grit. Grit. Tough grit. Grit spit in a little bit of dirt. It's missing from this lineup. There's no doubting that. But I want to get into how badly is it actually needed, do you think? I want to hear your thoughts first, Josh. I agree. I mean... There's a difference between like unnecessary fighting or like taking runs at guys and just pure goons in the league. There's a difference between having, I don't want to say a style play because at least style play is never going to be that, but having a, a different element on your team. Right now, I think, I, I don't think it's a hot take to, to say that the Leafs are not the most physical team to play against. They're probably one of the least in the league. That doesn't mean they're not great. They beat teams in other ways, but definitely wouldn't hurt to have guys that bring something different. I mean, it's, it's the truth of the matter. I, I, like a little cadre. Honestly, it's true. <laughs> and honestly, you can kind of feel that they miss him so far, especially up front. Just some some games, you just don't feel that intensity coming from the team. Like when they're, when they're in a rut, there's, it's hard to quantify it, right? Because we talk about stats and we talk about numbers and like the Leafs are good. They're super skilled. Still a really good team. No need to panic, but it really would be nice to have a different element on one of the top three lines than they currently have. Because, like, mm-hmm. if we're being honest, they kind of all do similar things to different varying degrees of skill level, of course. But it, it, it's definitely been evident in the last week or so, I would say. Of course, of course. And, I mean, to add grit into your team, you don't want to be... Uh like the Philadelphia Flyers and bringing in someone like Chris Stewart, who was literally playing men's league last year and had 13 points in 20 games in the English ice hockey league. That's a little bit excessive. I believe he's literally just out there as a circus show to fight people. And you know what? I'll get into it. I'll get into that a little bit later, but I mean, we got the Colorado game on right now and there's some animosity to this team. But when you look at the animosity, it's not guys that are going to be playing a huge role. It's not guys that are getting paid a lot of money, but it is kind of nice to have it in there. So I am want to toe the line between the traditional fan who loves the Fraser, uh, who was a Fraser McLaren, Colton, Colton or fourth line pairing in the flipping playoffs in 2013 and the stat heads who say you don't need hitting because I've seen that and that makes absolutely no sense and it's from people shockingly that have never skated before wow that blows my mind but yeah i think it's something that's good to have you do kind of need to sprinkle it in there and you need to have some balls you need to have some balls to make a kid but i don't think it's the be all end all and i think this team will win some games uh and win some playoff games uh with the current roster that they have 
One thing to bring up, it, it's still early. This still is very all early. knee-jerk. Still early. But you know what? This is something that's been talked about about this team for three years now. This is not... I get yeah. that, you know, there's been two big hits. One on Matthews, one on Barry. It's kind of increased the discussion, especially in the, in the media. Um, but it, it's just... Getting guys who are a little tougher to play against. Like yeah. Kadri was such a pain in the, the other teams behind every time he was on the ice. And but you saw how it costed you. It did. You're right. And there, there's obviously there's a line. limit to that. And, and it's and tough. I think most players probably don't cross the line that Kadri did. I mean, he's like, he's been suspended, on, I think, on the most separate occasions of anybody in the league right now. I think yeah. he has six suspensions. Yeah. Maybe not in terms of total games. I think Wilson has him there. But in terms of individual suspensions... I think that's the most in the league, we'll right? Way, way up there. Yeah, because he had a 15 gamer and yeah. whatever, right? But even like a guy like Tom Wilson last night, sometimes he crosses the line too, right? Like takes a couple he, unnecessary yep. penalties. That hit on Barry again. Even the hit on Muzzy, he just likes to stick his knee out when he hits. Like it's it's obvious, but he's a total. Dude. He's a he's a he's a goon, but again, a great player to have. I mean, even a guy I brought up a lot last year. I don't want to give anything of value for him, really. I think he went for, like, a fifth rounder last year at the trade deadline. Didn't help Nashville, but Wayne Simmons, a guy, like, another free agent again this year. But, again, it just no, brings something different. he went for a different. little more. I, I can't more. remember. But it wasn't, it wasn't a top two. It wasn't too, too much because he was having an off year. Right. But he scored tonight, actually. We saw that in that wild uh, Tampa Bay game there. But, yeah, I agree. It's something that you would really like to have. And, I mean, it's... Something that in your lineup, when say someone comes and takes a run at Matthews, like we saw last night, that you're not getting a couple uh, a couple pillows thrown at him like Riley did, and then you end up with a penalty. You end up on the uh, on the PK, but you do like to see some balls there. So it's an interesting topic, and I I mean the debate has been completely wild, but I don't think either side is right. It's one. somewhere in the middle, like you said. I mean, we 100%. don't we don't need a Colton or a Fraser McLaren, but it definitely would not hurt. I think everyone that thinks of this rationally, without any preconceived bias about stats or about truculence or stuff like that, can admit like this team needs probably Brad like, Ross in the second round, yeah, truculence, probably something just a, a little different element to it. That extra element of of, of just sandpaper, yeah. You know? A little, a little dirt in the wound, you know. It never hurt. Just got you. It just gave you an infection. Like when, when Frederick Gauthier is the guy to step up to Tom Wilson last night. He's just a big. Soft there's something. There's something. That guy would never fight, right? He's yeah. like, but really weird. It's just showing how how things are missing. And again, these guys, these are not players that you're just gonna easily acquire. So I see people saying like, oh, if we only had a guy like a Tom Wilson or like a, a Boone Jenner or a, Boone, or a Josh Anderson, like these, like they're not, giving, Kadri. Right? they're not giving these guys away, honestly, well, we did no. give them. But, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. It's, it's definitely a- You don't a, grow on trees. Wayne Simmons went five mil this year. Yeah. Can we afford that? Absolutely not. Um, anyways, yeah. So I think that topic's pretty interesting. It's a little gives you a little bit of a headache, but uh, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, there's contact in hockey, so I think there's a, as long as there is contact in hockey, you will need grit on your team. But then again, teams fall into the trap and sign guys like Backus, and then like that contract yeah, for Boston has just been. Luckily, all their other guys. Milan Lucci. Exactly. So again, there's so two ends to the coin here. But, yeah. Exactly. But, yeah. Let's get into some Leafs week in review. I think. 
You ready? 100%. Let's go All start right. with the Sharks game. What did you Let's think of that start game? Start with the Sharks game. I, I, as I mentioned last episode, this was the Leafs game to win. It was the game to win. You have your starting goalie play. You're at home. You're playing against a team that was on the road the night before, and they're on a back-to-back. Now, the Sharks did start Jones, which was interesting to see. I didn't know that was allowed. I didn't. I thought there was a rule against that in the NHL. Starting number one on the Starting first night. on the second, on the second night. night sorry, yeah, I thought that was night. wild. But, um, yeah, and to be honest, I think they took advantage of it. The Sharks only had 17 shots on net. Uh, they limited them in chances. And I think the Leafs, I mean, it was 2-1 right up until the end, but they had some terrific chances. I thought Jones actually finally showed up, which was pretty surprising. Uh, the Matthews line, including Nylander, too, whole, they were buzzing that night too. So I think it was a good uh, it was a good game. They had to battle a little bit for it, but... Uh, Overall, I think that was it was a good game that they uh, it was a good game for them. No, it was. I, I honestly thought it was probably their best defensive effort of the season. Yeah, it was. It, it was definitely not an exciting game to watch by any means. Mm-hmm. Kind of felt like there was a little lack of oomph in, in the stadium that night. Friday yeah. night game, second half of the back to back for the Sharks. It, it, there wasn't a lot of intensity. Sharks also in the game. made it a little bit easier for them because yeah. I felt when the Sharks were coming into their own kind of thing. Um, they took a couple penalties, and then the Leafs gained the momentum from that. So For sure, that really didn't help. And I really think they pretty much dominated this game. Honestly, the score doesn't really display that. Well, the four-one well, the, kind at of the end, four-one, yeah. But I mean, going into the third period, it was one-one, right? Yeah. So, and, and even going into the, most of the second, Jake Muzzin had his his buzzer beater, right? Yeah. Off so, that wild play by Spezza there. So. I thought they played really well defensively in this game, honestly. Sharks have a lot of good forwards, and uh, you know what? They took care of business on the first half of a back-to-back. I thought Freddie was solid and didn't face that many shots, but made the saves when he needed to. Exactly, exactly. And then that one goal that they scored was a little bit tough. A big big deflection by... uh, Kevin, he, he no, they gotta change his name is not LaBank anymore. Like until until he signs a big t- a yeah. ticket, for like he came to the Sharks and said, no, no, no I want less, yeah, no thank you, signing bonuses, is. no thank you. Um, so Kevin uh, payday loans uh, off a nice tip there, but yeah, overall I think this was all Leafs, um, and the end score showed it, but score throughout, I mean that was it was a little bit of a grind. It was. There. Um, moving on to a less than mm. impressive game. I just want to bring this up. I actually watched Montreal-San Jose just to prepare for kind of both of these games. Uh, and what I saw from San Jose in the third period was they just played the trap. They let Montreal, okay, come in, do your thing, whatever. There was they had There was a couple good chances for Montreal, I'm not going to lie. Aaron Dell did make some lucky saves there. But it was interesting to see DeBoer and like put that strategy out there, and it worked. And why did it work? Montreal Jennifer has a lot of small, fast forwards. They're very good off the rush. Max Domi, Jonathan Drouin, uh, Brendan Gallagher's good, I think, in both ends. But he is another quick little player that they got there. Suzuki Tatar. Suzuki Tatar. Exactly. So making them play the trap game kind of. Ex- exploited a, a, an offensive weakness of the Montreal Canadiens. And the San Jose Sharks do have a good enough de- de- defense core to carry it out on their own and then clear it out, make the change, do it all again. And Montreal couldn't take advantage of the amount of offensive zone time that they had. 
Um, that on top of the Sharks capitalized on Montreal's errors that they made there. So I thought to beat the Sharks, going back to beat the Sharks, we had to clog up the neutral zone, take advantage of the giveaways that Carlson and Burns are inevitably going to do uh, because, I mean, they're offensive defensemen. That happens. And on Montreal, I mean, we've seen Montreal before. you got to slow them off the rush. And in this game, what was it, four goals off the rush? The Leafs did not do a good job of suppressing Montreal's forwards at all, really. It was terrible. In the first period, 19-5 shots Montreal. 19-4 until we got that goal at the end there. And that was, it was brutal to watch. It was terrible. That, that goal was like, uh, honestly, it's such a blessing for them at the end of that I period know. because they were getting absolutely shelled. And they got a, a, a goal off, off a nice little play by Marner passing it to the pinching Muzzin. Muzzin. Who placed like, that very well. It, it felt like they had a little life that they really didn't deserve. Yeah. And I thought they would maybe be able to carry that on. They did because... because Second period, they were good. Because Janssen scored in the second period and, and it was good. Okay, we got... You know what? They woke up. Second end of a back-to-back. Chances. First period started extremely slow. Arguably their worst period of the year, probably. Yeah. Second period, we get the goal. Going into the third period, 2-2. I said arguably their worst period of the year because the third period might have been the worst period of the year. That was just that was garbage time, horrible. Uh, One thing I do want to point out: where teams always falter. It's a slow start, uh, maybe a slow start, but the latter half of the game, coming off of a back-to-back, is always the very toughest for a team coming off that back-to-back. There, Um, and if I mean you kind of hindsight's twenty-twenty, but if the Leafs. Don't take the lead in that second period. It's going to be really tough to pull out some points when you're tied, going on the tied on the road, coming off that back to back off a team that wasn't coming off the back to back. So, I mean, in hindsight, it was a tough period, but they just they showed nothing. They were horrible right from the get go. That army of goal is just like Marner loses his assignment, Muzzin loses him at the blue line. And, I mean, Hutchinson's not making big saves. And he did not make... I mean, that drew end goal. That drew end breakaway. Did you have any faith? Zero faith. On both Zero. of them. Both of them. On all of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it was brutal. But you know what? It, it's becoming a trend now, really. And I don't I don't think Hutchinson's been good by any stretch of the imagination. But they, as a team, have played terrible on all four mm-hmm. of the second half of their back-to-backs this year. And Other me, than the first half of the Montreal game, right? But but, like, but they're on four, right? And, and I saw Dom decision of the Athletic had a great article comparing the Leafs this so far on back second half of back to backs to historical league average. They are considerably worse than the average. Like they have been terrible. I showed you the save percentage, and it's only gotten worse. And it was eight eight three, I think. After was it the first Washington game, didn't get any better after that Montreal game. I, and you know what? Like, I understand the philosophy of Babcock is, you know what, like, he's our starter, he's just going to play the first half of the back tack. but first of all, you complain about the team not being awake to start most games already, right? Yeah. And then, you combine that with the fact that, so far, we're 0-4 on back-to-back. This is clearly not a, a small issue, this is becoming an issue, and that for a team that plays the most back-to-backs in the NHL, this is something they're going to need to figure out. And I think they're, I think over the since December 29th, they're two and nine now on the second half of the back-to-back. So how are you not at least making the switch here to put Freddie in the second half of the back-to-back? Try to bail out your team a little bit. I get they're not playing well, but you can't. You're not going to sit 
You, you can't make drastic changes to the lineup. Like, what? Like changing the fourth line and saying Spezza can't play on back-to-backs is not going to do anything. That made no, no sense. But, I mean, I know this has been complained about a lot, but especially the fact that they've been so bad on the second half of these back-to-backs. Something. When are we going to see Freddie? On the se- in the second game. Maybe there's a little spark or are something. Are we going to <laughs> I, No. <laughs> no. When has he ever made an adjustment? I don't think we'll ever see it. Uh, I had to grab waters here. You're not going to, like, you would know this. I didn't tell anyone. That last podcast was the biggest battle of my life. I don't think I've ever gone through anything as physically excruciating as that. I forgot water. I had a dry throat. I had stuff all the way up my nose. At one point, I burped, and it was the most disgusting thing I've ever tasted in my life. All of it edited out, but that was... That was a grind, but almost as tough as a grind as fucking watching this game. Yeah, this is, this is in terms of watching, this is my yeah. least enjoyable Leafs game of the year. Did you like anyone in this game, or I had some notes about that? Honestly, I feel like William Nylander hasn't had a bad game yet this year, honestly. He just can't hit the net. He can't, and, and that's never going to... makes not, no I'm sense. I'm not going to say never going to change, but... When it does change, holy... I'm telling you, he I has can't... a 40-goal year in him. I've said this for the last exactly. little while, but... I honestly, in a game where he didn't really do anything on the statue, I thought he was pretty good, honestly. He had. Uh, Did he have a second one half? Off the, one off the rush. I No, I don't. can't remember if he did, but I had him down here for a couple good chances. But honestly, it was, it was a pretty ugly yeah. game overall. Muzzin had Marvin played okay. One of the biggest up and down games. He Makayev well and Muzzin, I have down. They had. Offensively, they had a couple good chances. There was one that was. I even have down here. Makayev and then Muzzin tipped it on net so they were they were both generating some good offensive chances but both did were a big factor in causing goals against uh, Muzzin the third Makayev the second where Druin he lost it at the blue line there yeah, but up and down but I mean the whole team was so terrible you got to give it to those those guys so Marner was pretty good Makayev Muzzin I, I thought, thought Kerfoot was, was good too actually and, and then Hutchinson was uh you know what? That he didn't. He didn't lose the game. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't put us into a good Not opportunity neutral. to. Yeah, exactly. And then, so then we had to listen to, to the media talk about how we suck pretty much for all the way up until Tuesday when we played Washington and Ovechkin made those comments. What do you think of those? I mean, exactly what Austin Matthews said is what I would have said back to him. The worst thing I heard was, oh, the Washington, the guys weren't getting paid, and now the Leafs guys are getting paid, and what have they shown so That's far? That's not even true. That's 100% not true. Ovechkin was getting paid. They're all getting paid. Carlson was getting paid three and a half at the time. I think he got the big so job the afterwards. So equivalent of Riley being paid four and a half now. Like, there's no... Backstrom was getting paid. Oh, yeah. Brooks Orpik yes. was getting paid. Yes. I, I think that was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard. But, anyways, I mean... Yes, it is true. Things do need to change. Um, like there needs to be more consistency and guys all showing up at once, kind of thing. Um, but there also needs to be a certain amount of luck. Washington went down two nothing. They were in overtime. There was a post in Columbus. If Columbus scores that, like, do they win yeah. the cup? No. Yeah. Absolutely not. And, and and on the other hand, you could even argue that some of the years that Washington lost to Pittsburgh, they arguably outplayed them in those series too, right? It's they so ran difficult. into some goaltending holes. Exactly. Flurry and Matt Murray. Murray right? it was 
a display. Well, and, and the other thing that, that always bothers me is this like media creation that Ovechkin bought in and turned into a defensive he forward. He did not change one This guy's still bit. buzzing Dr. Peppers on the bench, crossing sauces before. He's the same guy. Exactly. They just got... That year, it all came together for them. It's not... It, and, and you know what? He's not. What he said is also not completely wrong. I think no. most it guys will acknowledge changed. it. There is when you lose three times in a row in the first round, two to the same team. I don't think anyone would argue that there's different advancements in the development process of this team that mm-hmm. need to happen. But it's just like it felt like the same year the bounces went their way. Right. It's just like especially for Ovechkin who had this comp- this criticism his whole career it was just interesting to hear honestly Ovechkin's comments didn't bother me as much as Mike Babcock in the media agreeing with them as the coach of the team how I want to hear more Mike Gundy from fucking Mike Babcock exactly honestly like how how do you not go up to bat for your players you just say oh they're they're not doing anything well neither are you like verbal meme you're Peter when he's blind in the burning bar for adjustments, it's just uh, they're not doing what I told you. What I told you to. There's no adjustments to the game. It makes absolutely no sense there. Like, go to bat for like. There's still young guys, and you're just like after the first year, it was just yep, yeah, they're not doing what I'm saying. So uh, yeah, I guess there's that. Uh, but yeah, that made. Uh, I had another point, but no, I, I got and, too mad. And I saw Elliot Freeman this week on Tim and Tim, and I love Elliot Freeman. I think he's probably. Yeah. Other than Bob McKenzie, he's probably the best at what he does. Point out that in terms of when they asked him about if Mike Babcock would get fired or not, they said, he, or sorry, he said, well, the thing about Babcock is that people don't realize is he, he does take a lot of heat for the young guys on the team. And while I understand that they, they do, he doesn't outwardly criticize Matthews Marner, he does Nylander, but... <laughs> This guy never takes ownership. I'm sorry. I don't see him no, taking the heat for this does. team. He never does. At the end of game seven last year, he said, well, next year, hopefully we'll have big guys coming into the lineup to help us. Or I didn't have the guys that I wanted to use. Like, he never takes ownership. He never also he also never answers when he doesn't play his big guys, big minutes, in big games. Exactly. And, so I was dumbfounded hearing that. I mean... It was a little depressing, but... Let's get to the game. I think, I think they... I get they heard. I guess they tried to answer. I mean, as we mentioned, that Riley cross check was a little strange. It was nice to see someone stand up for your star there, but uh, it was kind of like I don't know, a couple pills thrown there. But, anyways, uh, in this one, I thought just the 1834-88 line. I mean, the third goal, a little bit of an easy zone entry, but Riley was the main factor in why it went in, in my opinion. Yeah. But that line was a spark plug. Really good. Oh my god. Nylander only had one like one assist on the stat sheet, but was awesome in this one, I thought. Matthews with two sick goals. Like that, like how many other players score those goals? That tip was like that tip was wild. That was going that was headed all the way for the four one. Sixty, I should have predicted more. Six yeah. <laughs> he is on pace for a lot of goals. And I mean I feel like, and we saw it two of these three games, when that top line, 1834-88, show up, and they they end up on the stat sheet, it's a very, very... The Leafs are a very tough team to beat. Um, That's what I saw there. Uh, The team lost the special teams battle, which 
ultimately cost them. I mean, two penalties in overtime. I mean, that was tough. especially with that that power play, you're not winning anything. In, that, and they in almost, such case, they almost did. They really did. They almost came killed close. They came close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you saw some more heart with this team, which is funny because they had, I think, 12 hits versus in, against Montreal, they had 32. Uh, so funny, the, the talk about heart and how it just absolutely matches up with nothing. And it's so subjective to whatever you're looking at. But um, another piece in this game, I mean, Justin Hole has impressed me. I was so down on him. Well, people, after his Marley's Calder Cup win, everyone was on this guy like he is so good what's he not doing in the NHL and I didn't quite like his preseason from that year but the more he's gotten into the lineup and the like the more I've liked his play kind of thing and I mean what he, he had almost he had 19 minutes last night he was really thrown into the fire once yeah. he got hurt and honestly I think he'll probably be the one he should stick in the lineup honestly I, I really like I agree I've liked his game this year he's been steady makes the right play doesn't turn over too much. I mean, he does everything you wanted of a third-pairing defenseman, really. Throws the body a little bit, too, yeah. which is refreshing to see. Uh, but I think One thing you pointed out that, that I want to touch on, and this is, I'm not saying this as a, uh, as a hot take either, but Riley's been really disappointing to me this year. Yeah? Especially compared to last year. Specifically on the defensive end, and I understand he's playing with CeCe, who, the defensive end, yeah. who's been bad. I mean, he's still putting up the points, but like, that's... Heavily influenced by the role he has on the power play, obviously. I'm going to be buying a CC jersey. No, yeah, maybe. But, I mean, I think he needs to definitely step it up on the back end. That pairing has been really bad. That Oshi Oshi toe drag on him was really weak. Really weak. He caught caught between playing the puck and playing the man. He played nothing. CC lost Gallagher on that. that, I mean, I'll split it 50-50. Hutchinson should have had that shot, but just totally losing Gallagher on... Like his defense, the defensive assignments, they're just, I don't know. It's not like, oh, they're not on the same page. They're just losing their guys, allowing passes to go directly across. I mean, it has been a little bit ugly. It's been fun to watch on the offensive side with Riley. He carries the puck very well, but he even had that snipe too. Um, but yeah, on the defensive end, it has been a step back. For sure. To say the least this year. Um he is a little bit banged up right now. Hopefully, it's not much. Hopefully, he doesn't play through a huge injury that puts him behind the eight ball at the end of the season. And hopefully, Muzzin is better too. They said Charlie Horse, but you're always it, you're throwing the dice when it comes to predicting hockey injuries. Like, what was it, Hyman? Last oh, his knee's a little sore, torn ACL. Out God knows how long. So, hopefully, they aren't playing through too severe injuries, but. You never know, but I, I do agree. Riley has been wildly disappointing on the, the defensive end. Um, anything else you saw in this one other than a terrible power play? I thought it was a fun game. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Washington is a low-key fun team to, to watch. And yeah, that's Sean the, Carlson. He's stunned. Holy, like, do you see the way he feeds it to Ovechkin? How it's just that he's looking dead ahead. Like, don't look at his eyes. And then it just, it just slips across, and it's perfect on a tee for the guy. Just Dustin Johnson 
on 18 up there. It's good. The, the aspect of their power play that makes it so good, too, is not only the pass, but the fact that Carlson has the threat of his own shot. He's got yeah. a huge slap shot from the point there, too. Makes a big difference. He chi- I, I mean, he, he chips in. I think he's had in goals in the teens the last two years. I, I, you have to check that. It's, but, it's up there for sure. I think he has almost, I don't, know, I don't know, seven or eight this year already, too. Like an insane amount for a defenseman. So. Yeah, 23 points this year, seven goals. And then the past two years combined 28 Yeah, goals, so he's, he's got 68 and 70 points. He's definitely, I mean, that's, that's the one thing if I had to nitpick the Leafs power play even more in terms they of personnel. Have, they don't have that shot on, uh, on the blue line. Barry's got an okay one. I would love team. to see Tyson Barry oh replace God. Riley on, on that first one. 100%. He's got so much more talent. It makes, I mean, I can see why Riley's your guy. He's been there so long, but like, come on. So eventually, you gotta. I mean, we traded, quote unquote, our guy, as we mentioned, Nazem Kadri. So, like, and you can't take a guy off the power play. We saw it last year. Like, just, it's, oh, this is our five guys for the power play. Unless one of them gets injured, they are staying there. So, I doubt we'll see, unless Riley comes out of the lineup, I doubt we'll see Barry on that top pairing there. So, did we see, was I, we saw the wings flip again. At, in the third period for that power play, mm-hmm. no Marner and Matthews at the end there. Do you oh, think? Yeah. Do you think that's? Do you think they're going to stay on their off wings, or do you think they're going to go back to what they were doing last year? I have year? a feeling they're just going to make one little adjustment and they're going to stick with it. Like I don't understand. Like every other team in the league knows what we're doing, and we're not. We're not. I, like, we're not changing it. It makes no sense to me. So, I mean, whatever they did at the end of this game, I think it's it's going to be the same thing against Philadelphia and. I mean, maybe Tavares provides a little bit of a change in terms of uh, in terms of what we see on the power play, but in terms of just overall scheme, I doubt we get anything different, kind of thing. And I mean, I know everyone says that there's whatever. Last year, Hiller was coaching the power play. Now somebody else is coaching the power McFarland. play. But if, but if you look into the history of Mike Babcock and the way he micromanages everything. The guy you want to look at on the power play is Mike Babcock, I'm telling you. He's the one. There's nothing that happens that he does not have a complete influence in this. Yeah. This isn't Sean McVay with Wade Phillips running the defense. This is not that. This is Mike Babcock running every part of this team. So the Babcock way or the highway kind of thing. I agree. Yeah. Um, And then my comments on the penalty kill too. Uh, I mean, coming up, we're playing a team where they got Shane Goss' pair. And I'm a little concerned about this because the penalty kill from what I've seen, they keep everything to the outside, which is good, but you allow way too much movement on the outside and you allow for teams that have a very dangerous one-timer game to get those chances off that way. I know it's coming from the outside, but when you make a quick one-time pass and put it on a tee for the guy, there's no you're not contesting them at all, it makes it a lot, it makes it more difficult for the goaltender to stop. And I could see Philadelphia really going to Goss's Bear. I mean, you give Goss's Bear some time, you let him move a little bit. He'll make a play. He'll make a play. So that's where I'm a little bit concerned there. Hopefully we're able to shut that down. But uh, yeah, in order to keep compete with Tampa Bay, the the penalty kill has got to change because they have three terrific options there and they ate our lunch last time we played them so that's my thoughts on the so those are our overall thoughts I guess on uh, special teams and they do need work if we're gonna 
we're gonna be the wagon that we're supposed to be, kind of thing. Do you have a? I guess this is the the next game's November second, so this would be the end of the first month of the season. Do you have any any comments? Uh, it was a little bit. Uh, it was spooky season. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was very. We did not see three good periods in a row. I feel it was so wild. We didn't know what le- Leafs team was going to come out of the dressing room, let alone like get play a full 60 minutes out there. It was really weird to see. I mean, I don't feel like the lineup overall clicked all at the same time. I mean, and the big game where you see that was the Detroit game where it was just all the bottom six. And then the Minnesota game, the the top six all of a sudden came out. Like It was really weird to watch. And then in terms of goaltending, I do want to comment on that. I thought it was... Decent. I don't think it really cost us any games, but I expect it to be a little bit better. It definitely needs coming. to be better, in my opinion, for the uh, rest of the season. Um, it was okay. I think I, I think there's a lot of overreaction happening right now. Oh, uh, yeah. Played 14 games in a month, and not even a full month. Mm-hmm. They played four back-to-backs in that time. This was the toughest part of their schedule. Yeah. It only gets easier from here. Mm-hmm. So hopefully... They can build on a tough month and continue to improve. They haven't done anything that'll ruin their playoff chances. Yeah. Everyone needs to come. They're all, they're still six, five, and two. It's not not the end of the world, mm-hmm. right? So I think I think Freddie will play better. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Hutch, but I definitely know that Freddie will up that save percentage in the next couple months. Yeah, I don't look so much as a save. I mean, I don't think he let in that many weak goals. This, this I, I'm not worried about him. That's what I would say. It was okay. He, he yeah. has good and bad strength. I'm not worried about him, right? Yeah. I think, I, I think that... He, he, whatever. The numbers will get better is what I'm saying. Yeah, he usually has. I mean, um, it wasn't... He's had really, really slow Octobers before. I don't think this was one of them. I thought it was okay. I mean, people talk about the save percentage, but like... I mean, yeah, Tampa Bay lit you up and you haven't had that many starts. So that's right, really going to skew... The, that right. really is going to skew the save percentage. And he has stoleless games. I mean, that Boston game... On yep. that on the Saturday, Saturday that was not bad. No, for sure. Um, other than that, I think I think again patience. It's a long season. Yeah. It's a long season. A- any of us would trade a bad October for a really good April, May, June, obviously. So yeah. Ho- hopefully they improve. Uh, again, exactly. Long season. Okay. So. Upcoming games. I did touch on that where I said uh, the power play. Watch the ghost ghost bear option. Do you have anything else to say about the upcoming game with Philly? It's always a fun game when we play Philly, honestly. I feel like they always play really good games against the Leafs. I don't, yeah. I don't know why it feels that way, but Kevin Hayes played well for them, scored, scored a couple mm-hmm. nice goals lately. Travis. Right. Um, it, it should be a good game. Philly's a lot better than they were last year. Um, better personnel. Again, they're kind of doing the same thing as the Leafs, like yeah. win one, lose one type. They got blown out by Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. But, that was um, yesterday. But yeah, they're, they're a good team. It should be a good test. Um, Carter Hart, obviously. How, do you know? how many how many times did you think we're gonna get the replay of Janssen scoring his hat trick? Hopefully, I mean we're gonna see a lot of those. I, gonna, I think we're gonna see a couple times. We're gonna touch on the Car- how Carter Hart played at the start of the year. I mean he's. Um, I mean we can. I totally expected this. Yeah. Um, a young goaltender taking a little bit of a regression in his second season. I'm utterly shocked. I've never seen this before. And, and, and you know the Philly market. I called is it last year. <laughs> severely overreacting to this. Yeah. Because they expected him to come in and be. He's a talented goaltender. You're not the best defensive team. 
I mean, it happens. I mean, goalies get hot and cold all the time. Luckily, you got Brian Elliott back there. Hopefully, he can stay healthy, which that's a big question mark there. But what I also wrote down here, Carter Hart is a young goaltender. I think if Austin Matthews gets an open shot, he's scoring in this game. Philly's really got to lock down and, I mean, give Nylander the open shots because he's not going to score. He's going to hit the glass every single (laughs) flipping time. My God. Um, but, yeah, you can't give Aston Matthews those open shots because Carter Hart's 100, I'm 99% sure he's, Is he starting? not going to stop. Um, even if he's not, and if it's Brian Elliott, I mean... They're, they're playing back-to-back, I believe, so... so could be either I don't one, really. We don't even know. But don't, still, I mean, you're, like you said, if it's Hart, I, I agree. I think Matthews would probably score as well. Who do you... Uh, out of those two, who do you think gives you the better opportunity? I right. think it's about equal. Right now, it's probably equal going to the air. I would say yeah. Hard, but, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty equal. It's just it's crazy. Team. Philly can can never catch a break. It's again, it's early, yeah. but like I think it's fine. Even if I think he's not going to have the greatest year this year, but he'll bounce back. He's a very he's a phenomenal goaltender, and he's playing better than the curve of development he's supposed to be on kind of thing. So I think they're lucky that he's already stupendous right now. So there's that. Uh, the Kings game, I mean, the Kings are a slow team. The Leafs struggle, have struggled defensively against speed. Um, against slower teams, they absolutely tear them apart. So I don't see too, too much challenge with this one. Uh, pending how things go against Philadelphia, maybe give Hutchinson the start, give Frederick Anderson some early season rest. Uh, but I kind of doubt that'll happen kind of thing. Probably not. Um, but, yeah, to close out this episode, what do you think the lines are going to look like when everyone's back? And that includes Hyman, Tavares, fully ramped Travis Dermott. Yeah, that's a tough question, honestly. I think Hyman's going to slide into his old line for sure. I don't, uh, I think that's, that's what I've got him. Yeah. That, that's going to happen. 11, 91, 16, 100%. And that's, a, honestly, that top six is... It's going to be a good one to watch, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's, it should The way that the, the Matthews line's going right now, if Tavares comes back hopefully soon, within the next couple of days, hopefully, maybe not filling maybe the game after, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that top six is, nail, is nailed down. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. It's the bottom six where I had... I, mean, I think bottom six, I feel like the third line, it's still going to be... It's going to be Makayev, Kerfoot... Happening. Yeah, Makes I agree. Sense? I agree with that. I agree. I think the fourth line is going to be a question. I would not be surprised. Trevor Moore, hundred percent. hundred percent. I would not be surprised if it was more Gauthier and Timoshov. I really and Timoshov. Wouldn't. I really wouldn't. I think wow. I think Timoshov's played really well for me personally. I think Spezza deserves that fourth line spot. I think especially the last two or three games. He's yeah, really he's well. played well. But I don't think Babcock is is too fond of him right now, and he loves Fred Frederick Gauthier. And I yeah. think naturally you just move Gauthier to that center spot, mm-hmm. move more down, move Tim. I, th- I think it'll still be a yeah, rotation. He well. has liked Timoshov, so that'll be interesting. Right now, I put uh, a rotation of Spezza and Shore in here, uh, with Timoshov getting sent down. Sent I, down. I maybe scratch one game, puts him in to see a prove himself kind of game, but. If not, I think he's going to get sent down. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it. This is just how I see it right. playing out. I mean, Timoshov has... He's been pretty good. He's shown some sandpaper. He's shown some speed. What more do you want from the fourth line? 
kind of thing. I really like Tim Michelle and how he's played so far. I think he's done everything that you could have asked for for him in that mm-hmm. role, right? She grinds hard in the corners, man. For a guy his size, it's impressive. Yeah. He's really bought into that fourth line role, and he brings a little bit of offensive flair. That mm-hmm. he's got some talent, right? He's exactly. definitely got some talent. And I, I, gotta, I think, like you said with with Sandine, sending him down could also not be the worst thing for his development. He could be back up, mm-hmm. right? You never know. So what what about for the defense? I mean, I, I think I've it's got just... everything the, the the way they started last night. That's how I've got it right. playing out for the foreseeable future. And I think I think I hope there's a chance when Dermot gets back to full speed because you could see Babcock really didn't trust him that much. Played t- no. tough minutes even when Muzzin went down. It was a down. tough look when he fell a couple times. He really fell. Um, <laughs> he wiped out. Hopefully we can get see him with Roddy because honestly this. I don't want to say the Cody CC experiment 14 games is already a failure, but man, he just... For, for a guy who's supposed to be a responsible defenseman, but the ease in which he lets other players enter our defensive zone is just remarkable. It's like a free zone entry against Oh, yeah. And, and, and he's, not, he's not physical at all. He's not tough to play against. No. He's a, I mean, he's a better passer than Zaitsev. He doesn't make as many stupid errors as Zaitsev, right? I he think doesn't he's probably, play with two broken wrists. He's probably at least better than Zaitsev, but is that really a bar we're looking to set for our top four right now? Absolutely not. I mean, I don't think... I, I think it's pretty clear that in push comes to shove, the, the top pairing right now is Muzzin and Barry. And I don't think Barry's even played that well. I think... I think Ray Ferraro during the broadcast did a good job of pointing out how Mike Babcock has kind of neutered Tyson Barry in terms of making him play a little more responsible and not jumping up as much. So I don't think we've seen the full Tyson Barry experience so I far, think it could also be that it's a new team right. and he's he's taken a little bit of caution, but I'm not shocked that Barry went zero points in his first in, in nine games. Yeah. Why it's a defenseman going to a new market. How many times have we seen a long adjustment period for them? And sometimes not even working out. I think Barry 100% yeah, will work yeah. out. But, I mean, that adjustment period, people were just throwing off Oi. He scored a couple. He had five points in his first five games, which threw me off definitely too. But, I mean, I'm not shocked that he went zero points in the next nine. The adjustment period showed it's uh, reared its ugly face. And I think he'll get back on track soon and he'll be the 60-point defenseman that he is. And I think despite not getting points, I still think he's played pretty well, honestly. I think that pairing has played pretty okay. well. It's been stale, but uh, right. it's been okay, I thought. So hopefully those, uh, hopefully uh, Muzzin, Riley, as we mentioned, are okay and are not out long-term, or hopefully they're not even out against Philadelphia. But uh, yeah, I think we've, so we've covered our Leafs in Week in Review. We've looked at the upcoming schedule what the lines are going to look like hopefully sooner rather than later and uh our favorite topic grit but anything else you want to get off i think i think patience preach patience i know this market wants instant gratification we're we're in the media now to whatever knee-jerk reactions but patience this team's a good team don't forget that it's a very very good team this is one of the five best rosters in the entire nhl and they will improve. The retooling will show itself later in the season. It will. It just takes some adjustment time. To close out, I saw one guy swear off the leash. He's like, oh, these guys are getting paid $40 million. They can't even. I was, I was like, I was shocked at those comments. I didn't even want to go after it. Because it was just, it, it would have made me dumber looking at it any longer. But. And the only thing I want to say about Twitter is that 
The arguments that have start that start on on Twitter about the are so stupid. I, people just need to realize it's never as extreme as they think it is. People don't hate William Nylander as much as people think they do, and the people who love William Nylander oh. don't love him as much as the people who hate. You know what I mean? It's never. It's, it's, so it's become so extreme, and then like, oh, Marner, this Nylander, like guys, it's such good players. Enjoy them because we used to watch Brad Boys and Michael Grabner and. Like we grinded, and we grinded. So We're praying on Greg McKegg becoming a star. And uh, and again, because players get paid, it doesn't mean you have to suddenly rip on them when they don't have a good. Yeah, game, that so. that makes no sense. But but yeah, to close up, Marner's over a point a game, and everyone's uh, 15 <laughs> points in 14 games. He he hasn't been as good. Tied as, for eighth in even strength assists. He, he hasn't also, been as good in the as league. people want on at five on no. five. But again, last year when he was. It, what, I think he was first in the league in primary points, five on five, or whatever, something insane last year. No one brought like it's it's people cherry pick stats so much, like it, it drives me insane. But that is wild. He, he's a good player again. Everyone knows that. When he when Tavares and Hyman are back, he'll be even better. I don't think he's even been bad without them, honestly. But yeah, past couple games he's had. I mean, past these past three games, I don't think you could say he was. Bad. No, he's made a couple of mental good. mistakes, I would say. But like oh, again, game, yeah. they get they get obviously magnified when it leads to a goal always, which we, yeah. we've been over a million times. And of again, the, th- the thing with William Nylander is he he again is playing a lot better than the stats are showing. I I was shocked to see he only has nine points this year. Yeah, that's completely wild. Man. I don't know when it's gonna happen for him. I hope it does. But man, like he he just it, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. It, it's not mind blowing. Yeah, when, once he starts to hit the net, we'll see. The points will come. Um, but yeah, he's, he's he's had so many where it's like he sets up the whole play and then he's, he's like the third assist right, right. kind of thing as well. So he is contributing. He is a stud. Very good looking guy. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode here. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Thank you, Josh, for joining.